Hello and welcome to another edition of the End Zone Podcast. My name is Eric Jensen, and I'm joined today by a good friend of the program, Zach Janice. Zach, welcome back to the End Zone Podcast. How are you doing, my friend? Been a few weeks. Yeah, it's it's been an eventful an eventful few weeks. Uh, I mean, you, you said you were saving it for later in the summer, uh, so I'm not gonna like spoil any topics but uh, there there's been some stuff some stuff going down i know that that the summer is kind of the dead period for a lot of these major sports but uh not not the case this year i think this is a an appropriate amount of insanity and 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 it's very fun to watch it all happen yes indeed um so zach joins us today for our nfc west preview the first of a bunch of preview podcasts so, Zach, as you know, I'm currently searching for people who can do co-hosting stuff for throughout the summer and maybe a little bit into football season. So I went to the loyal people at Be Around Me NFL podcast Reddit and found like at least 14 different people who want to come on the podcast. So we're going to have a lot of different random people on this podcast talking about football and their teams and division previews throughout the next month. I believe we'll have an episode later this week. This will come out Wednesday, so check it out then. But we should have another podcast out later this week as well. It's just going to be a lot. I'm going to try my best to record some of these during the day when I have to work at night. I've found some people with daytime availability. That's nice. And uh, we will check it all out but this week is the nfc west this is where we are starting zach of course a loyal san francisco 49ers fan so this was the way we're going to do this this year we'll go biggest questions for each team in the division then we'll go around rapid fire and do what we've done the past years and just go the best position groups in the division to give you an idea of how the talent is spread out throughout it and then we'll talk maybe if there are any coaches we believe are on the hot seat and then finally we will wrap up with projections anyhow let's get right to it zach um first let's start with biggest questions and i'll I'll let you go first what is the biggest question for your San Francisco 49ers? <laughs> there are so many. There are so many. And, and you know, the there's a – I mean, the easy one is the quarterback room, right? Like, what's, what's going on? Who is starting? Who's doing what? Who's getting traded? Uh, you know, where is Jimmy Garoppolo's um, healing going or his um, progress on his injury? Um, I heard, I, I read recently that he's approaching throwing again or is throwing again or will throw again very soon, something like that. Um, and then he'll be traded and then this whole thing will be done. But, um, my question really is, you know, can this team provide or kind of produce the same? And then obviously the question, the answer is no, but like, I guess sort of, so my question would be like, how do you make up for a world where the San Francisco 49ers are post Debo Samuel, you know, how do you make up for that production? Just because there's all this stuff about the contract going on and yes, you know, there's a, a lot of time left in the off season and uh, chances are that the re like nothing's happened yet. You know, it could be surprising, but I feel like Debo is going to be on the Niners next year. I hope he is at least, but 
um, you know, worst case scenario, what happens if you have to trade him or you have to get rid of him and he's not on the roster next year? Can you survive with the roster that you have? Um, I don't know if we were supposed to answer these questions or not. I, 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 I mean, my answer is I don't think it's necessarily possible with the roster that you have. Uh, I think that um, the receiving core of the Niners is not very deep past their starters. Their slot guy doesn't even really do much. Jawan Jennings, um, even though he's a, he's a relatively young player, um, only had like a handful of catches in the playoffs last year. Um, so you know where the offensive sort of reliability is or uh, reliance is. It's on Debo and Brandon Ayuk. But can you survive? Can you survive if Brandon Ayuk has to become your number one? Or do you make it so you get some trade value back? You get a receiver from whoever you send Debo to there. There's a ton, ton of questions about where he's, where he's going to end up. And if the Niners can survive without him and it's pretty bleak, honestly, if this, if this doesn't work out and Debo's elsewhere in the league, it's tough. It's a tough sell for sure. Yeah, no, that's, there's no question about it, but it's not good. If Debo doesn't end up on the Niners, that said, I, I really do think I will be honestly shocked if he's out of there. I've said this really since the beginning, Kyle Shanahan is not going to let him get out of the building. The Niners are not going to let him get out of the building. This is not an A.J. Brown scenario. This is the Niners know that they have a generational offensive talent at wide receiver, and they are going to make sure that he is happy. So I I really don't see him moving on this offseason at all. I think that's a great question you had about – the Niners uh I'll take the Rams here um and I guess my biggest question for them is also a wide receiver um you've got a starting tandem of Cooper Cup and Allen Robinson and that's nothing to slouch at but beyond that you know things get a little bit thin your third wide receiver is Van Jefferson You wonder if maybe they'll bring back Odell Beckham maybe midway through the season once he's closer to getting healthy. That would seem like a match that would make sense to me. But it just seems to me like the Rams have a real question at wide receiver right now, and I'm interested to see how it all plays out because they're, they're very thin, you know, Cooper cup was very, very good last year. and one of the best wide receivers in the NFL, Allen Robinson has a track record of success, but if you look at how he played in Chicago last year, it does not inspire a lot of confidence. He was not good for them. It looked like he stopped trying at points and I get it's the bears and you don't have a quarterback, but still you're playing in the NFL. You want a guy to look engaged and remain competitive and, I worry that he took games off last year and you can't have that if you're given the money he was given by the Rams this off season. So I'm just interested to see how this passing attack plays out because they are very thin at wide receiver. Yeah, no, I, I definitely see it. Um, I, I do think, Van Jefferson had a had a, he had a pretty okay season. I mean, he didn't he, he kind of contributed where he could. I feel like it's tough. That's kind of a share the love situation, especially when you have Cooper Cup and Odell Beckham last year in front of him. Uh, it was just 
I, I can imagine that that's just kind of tough for him to get touches in general. But um, yeah, you bring up a point. I it'd be interesting to see kind of what happens with Allen Robinson, just because um, you're gonna you're gonna see what it's like. You know what he's like with purpose now. Uh, you know it, it's just tough. It's tough to justify playing in Chicago for that long. You know it's that that man's been through it for sure. And so, it, but yeah, you're right. It'll be interesting to see um, kind of how they how they handle that. I mean, I don't know. Cause Cooper cup, I think is, is re- like, he'll take you most of the way. So it's just a matter of who can kind of fill in the gaps, I would say, but uh, that's an interesting point. I mean, yeah, the, the rest of their team is, is pretty stacked outside of uh, other than that, really. I mean, their line uh, is pretty good. The defense is amazing. And yeah, y- your quarterback is figured out now. So, I mean, just where, where else can you get better, but at wide receiver there, I totally agree. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out for the Rams. I'm going to ask you, the Seahawks, what's your biggest question for them? I mean, again, it's one of the – because the the all these teams have a have a similar problem going on, and, and that's that the quarterback room is weird right now. I mean, the Rams are good. You know, they have their guy. But, you know, San Francisco, you have the stuff with Trey Lance and Jimmy G., Arizona, which we'll get to, you have Kyler Murray, maybe holding out, probably not, but like scrubbing socials and stuff. So there's, there's some stuff going on there. And, and it brings us to the same, the same thing with Seattle. I mean, and I mean, yeah, you're arguing between two, you know, C plus level quarterbacks. So it's not really that you're picking who wants to finish last the best, I guess, but um you know, it's one of those, like, do they think, like, what What do you think, what conversation, that's my question, is what conversations do you think are happening in the front office of the Seattle Seahawks? Are they, are they like, playoff push, or are they, like, first overall pick? Like, you know, what what's the philosophy there? Because I, I think that with the departure of Russell Wilson, a lot of these Band-Aids kind of get torn off, and they they didn't really do much to fix it. Uh, you know, the quarterback room is, is one problem, but I mean, up and down the roster, it's just not, it's not as strong as you want it to be. I mean, the offense could get something going. I mean, you got Rashad Penny back, um, and Chris Carson, if he's healthy, uh, you know, DK's back, he, he didn't end up getting traded, you know, him and Tyler Lockett. That's a nice duo. Um, you have some guys in the defense that, that can make some plays. I mean, obviously you have Jamal Adams, Cody Barton is starting now. That's a Utah guy. Um, and there's, but I mean, yeah, it's just other than that, there, this is just a very talent poor roster. So uh, yeah, my, my question is like, what do you think they're talking about? <laughs> like what, how do you attack this season when you have like six guys on your roster that people know the names of? It's an interesting question. I think yes, to the untrained football fans, eye that this roster is sort of talent poor. But I look at it, I, I really don't see it that way. I mean, Kenneth Walker II is a guy they drafted really early this year who a lot of people think was the best running back in this draft class. You still have a tremendous wide receiving core of DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, even though it gets very thin after that. Those are two great starters to have, and you add Noah Fant to the mix. Noah Fant. Never really had a quarterback in Denver, but was always one of Denver's top targets over the past few years. He has a very good 
receiving tight end. They draft Charles Cross to help fix that offensive line a little bit. I don't know. I really don't see the first overall pick when I see this team. I, I think that Pete Carroll has a lot of job security, and I do think he's an okay enough coach where they are going to be a four to seven win team. Like they're, they're just going to get those wins because you add Shelby Harris to the defense. And that's really a big move. Shelby Harris was one of the Broncos best defenders over the last few years. You have Uchenu Unwoso who has gotten much better and who is a guy that can almost immediately make an impact for your defense this year. And you still have a pretty good safety tandem in the back with Jamal Adams and uh, Quandre Diggs. I think it's a little bit more clear to me the way what the Seahawks are. And that is a team that's going to be in the middle of the road. And that will have some surprising wins where we say, wow, the Seahawks won that game that's crazy and that's kind of the way I I see it playing out you know what I'm talking about like there's always that team where they're universally panned in the offseason but the reality is at some point this year this team will run into the Niners or the Rams or the Cardinals and they'll get a win And people will be like, wow, are the Seahawks really building towards something? But ultimately, they're not a playoff team, and they'll probably end up with a top 10 pick this year. But I don't think they're as bad as maybe you make them out to be. That's fair. They, they, I think that they're a little more built out uh, on the depth chart than than I I honestly, than I give them credit for. Um, there are some interesting names on here. Uh, you got Marquise Goodwin. He was he hot. He's hopped around a couple teams, but I'm mean, nothing steady production out of him. There, yeah. There's just some names on here that that I like, and I, I see that this is not a roster where you're looking at it like you're looking at the Texans or something like that, where it's just it's just whoever you can get in a jersey. You know, there there is definitely like they're a step up from that from that level, not too far away, but um, but yeah, I, I mean. And we're, we're going to get again to the Cardinals, so it's tough to to make this, to have this take. But I, I mean, a lock for fourth place, right, in the West. Like, unless I mean, one of these other teams just has an astronomically weirdly bad season. I mean, yeah, I, no playoffs, top ten pick. I agree with that, but probably last in the West, unless again, unless Arizona does, you know, they 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 can go really far south as well, but. Um, it's just, it's a tough division, I think, because it's tough to make the call. So you, you have another year, you develop some guys, you get another good draft pick, and you just see you see what next year's free agency is like. Right. The Cardinals, my question for them is the linebacking group. I think it's a huge question mark. You know, Isaiah Simmons and Zayvon Collins have shown flashes in their young careers, but neither have done enough to convince me that they're Pro Bowl-level linebackers. They seem pretty replacement level on this defense and this defense was mediocre against the run last year and kind of struggled in stopping that do you think 
the Cardinals linebackers will be better this year? And do you think the defense as a whole with some really aging names on it, like JJ Watt and Marcus Golden and Byron Murphy, um, do you think that the defense can hold up and remain league average as they sort of were last year and that can keep the Cardinals in the conversation of being a playoff team? I, I think they're close and there's definitely like, there's definitely a potential for it. Um, but there, there is also a scenario in which all, you know, the, the guy, the aging names that you, that you mentioned, you know, the year comes, the time comes, right. And they fall off, they finally fall off, uh, you know? And so th- there's just a lot of question marks, I think. And I think you have it right with Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons, where I think that the Cardinals were banking a lot more on immediate success than, than what they have gotten. And so it might be a situation where, um, I mean, these picks could, these picks are starting to look bad is the thing. Uh, and especially if, um, you know, I've been hearing it, you know, there's, there's a possibility that, that this team just tanks and is awful. Uh, and the more I look at the roster, the more I'm inclined to not believe it or, or agree with it, but at least like see that it's possible. Um, I think that they're really, especially on defense, I think that they're really um, uh, thin you know, after their starters. I think their starters are actually okay uh, relative to the other maybe not in the NFC West, but in to other teams in the NFC, I think their defense is fine. I think it'll hold up and, and middle of the road defense for sure. Uh, but I think that if it does have the potential to go anywhere, it's going to be to regress and get worse. Um, just because you have so many different variables at play, you have the aging guys that you mentioned getting older and their, their production dropping off, but you also have the potential that Zayman Collins and Isaiah Simmons don't work out. And now you have a couple, you have, these two picks on your hands, these two very highly picked players that really aren't worth what you paid for them. And so um, I, I could see it I, I like maybe a B, a, a B offense at or defense at best, I think, unless they way overreach and overproduce. But um, yeah, the, the, the floor is pretty low and the ceiling is also pretty low, I think. Yeah, it'll it'll be really interesting to see how how that plays out. The Cardinals in general are just a really interesting one. I I could have asked a question about Kyler Murray. I tried to go, I tried to keep my questions as non-quarterback specific as possible, but um, yeah, they they are just a weird team that could be pretty good in a playoff team, or it it could sort of fall apart for them. It it. It's very in the middle how how I think that'll end up playing out. So let's let's take a spin around some of the positional groups in the division here just really quickly. Um, my plan is to keep these pretty short, these reviews in general. So uh, I think most of our time was spent on the questions. So I just want to kind of go around here. We'll go who we have as the best, and then maybe we can provide some runner-ups in uh, – for, for each of these position groups as well. So we hit on some other teams and people get an idea of how the talent is distributed around the NFC, excuse me, the NFC West. Uh, let's start at quarterback. For me, the best quarterback in the division is simple. It's, it's Matthew Stafford, the Super Bowl champion. 
Yes, he had up and downs last year, but especially in the playoffs when he needed to perform big, he did. And he will continue to be a borderline top five quarterback who's hanging around in the top 10 and anywhere between seven and 12 each week. But yes, to me, I see Matthew Stafford as the hands down best quarterback in the division. And I don't really think I would take a single other quarterback in this division over him. Yeah, my my only the case for Kyler Murray is that he's younger and I guess there's there's potential there. If he finished any of these seasons that that he's been in, he's been in the league for a couple of years now. Um I mean if he finished any of these seasons the same way that he started, I think it'd be a lot more interesting of a discussion, but it just seems to be a yearly thing that that the Cardinals start really hot and then they finish out of the playoffs. So I don't know who or what you attribute that to. I know that Cliff Kingsbury has like a weird coaching history with that. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. It, it's, it's gotta be Stafford. I think unless Kyler Murray, I think a closer second for me than, than you had him. Um, but yeah, it, it's just not, consi- he's not consistent enough for me. Yeah. You nailed it on the head there with that word consistency. It really is all about consistency for Kyler Murray He is wildly inconsistent within a game itself, honestly. Uh, And he he just does not bring the level of talent consistently enough where I can call him a no-doubt top 10 quarterback. I just don't believe that about him. He's somewhere around 9 to 12, but I wouldn't put him any higher than that. He just has a really hard time putting good games and good seasons together. So, yeah, that's that's the way I feel about Callum Murray. Uh, just briefly touching on the Niners quarterback situation, Trey Sermon, I'm convinced from everything I've ever heard ever that he is not going to work out. Do you hold a different viewpoint? Trey, wait, Trey Sermon, the running back? Sorry, not Trey Sermon, Trey Lance. My apologies, Trey Lance. Oh, um, it's <laughs> scary. It's scary. That's what it is. Um, it's It's interesting. I think that the development – the consensus, at least from what I see, is that the development is not where it needs to be or not where it was expected to be, I guess. And so I, it's tough just because of what's going on with Jimmy Garoppolo. And like, as much as I am into like training camps and practice and like offseason stuff, Trey Lance has made like very limited appearances in actual NFL games. And so it's tough for me to kind of make a judgment call off that. And to say like, yes, I like him or no, I don't, because he's only played like five games worth of time or not even that. Like um, he's made, he's had five appearances all season. uh, And I think he only had one full start in that or two, one or two. Um, It's just, it, I know it sucks. And I know that it's going against the grain of NFL talk and how we communicate, you know, how we have our hot takes, you know, the hot take culture, it goes against it, but I, it just needs more time. It needs like another year. And if more, more so than that, he needs a, a season without this whole nonsense going on. It just, I just need him under center, the QB one for a year, and then I can make a call about it. But it's just, it's, it's been too messy. It's not, it's not a good way to judge a career so far, I think. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely a a fair point there, Zach. I, I, I'd agree with that. I think his leash is pretty short, 
Um, I do think that one year is going to tell you a lot whether you need to make another pick or not. And maybe that's not fair to him, but they drafted him and gave up so much capital to get to three. Oh, yeah. That the he just needs to be a quality starting quarterback this year or they need to move on this offseason. It's, it, yeah. and, and that, unfortunately, may include uh, the coaches. So, But we'll, we'll get to that a little bit later. Um, running backs, I went with the obvious choice. I'm, I'm never going to not pick the San Francisco 49ers for running backs in this division. It's just, you know, Kyle's got it figured out, man. He, yeah. He's got at least five guys that are going to contribute this year, probably more. Uh, I will not be questioning the depth of the Niners running back room and am fairly convinced it will again be a driving factor in what will be a pretty good offense this year. So I'll just say the Niners for best running backs. Yeah. I it, it's roster wise. It's not roster wise. I think the Niners have very middle of the road running backs, but the coach it's that's, that is the, running back room plus X equals best in the division. And the X for the Niners is Kyle Shanahan and the way that the offense is structured. And it's just the, the, the freedom, I guess that that offense uh, grants running backs. I think that um, there's a lot of stuff that's designed for running backs and it makes, I think that Kyle Shanahan makes running backs lives easier. And so I think that these guys are just going to naturally produce more because of that. Um, it's, it's really interesting. And I haven't done my due due diligence and I ought to about like what happens with Kyle Shanahan running backs when they leave the 49 or the, when they leave his team. Um, I mean, these, these guys will go cause they'll have a good year and we've seen it in the past four or five years. Um, the Niners have had a feature back that really flourishes under, under, uh, the system scores a bunch of touchdowns, has a bunch of yards, gets traded because their value skyrockets, and then they have a bad season or they kind of fade away um, in the years following that when they're with their new team. Uh, Tevin Coleman comes to mind. Um, I know that Raheem Mostert just found a new team. He's with the Dolphins. I'm really curious to see how he kind of works out. There's just a ton ton of running backs and names that come up when you think about that. But um, to, to answer the the best the best running back room on paper, I think, is is really tough. Um, I really like the Rams, but I the Seahawks, I think, have a little bit better history of success with Rashad Penny and Chris Carson. I know that there's some injury trouble there. Um, and then obviously Cam Akers in a in a full healthy season, I think that that running back room is really, really good. Uh upper half of the league for all three of those teams for sure. Um but yeah, I think San Francisco gets my gets the bump for me because I'm a homer, but also because it's Kyle Shanahan. Right. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Wide receivers and tight end. I combine this. I'll have to go with the Niners again just because they have George Kittle. Uh, but like we talked about earlier, there are is some concerns with depth there but I do think they have the best kind of tandem to start because Debo Samuel is just such a monster of a player um I'll I'll give a quick shout out to the Cardinals room which I think is interesting to look at now with D-Hop 
uh, DeAndre Hopkins being suspended those first few games. They bring in Marquise Brown. It'll be interesting to see how he performs in a more pass-heavy offense. We've never really seen him that way, but one thing we did know in Baltimore was that he was a tremendous deep threat, and Kyler Murray has one of the best deep balls in the NFL. The other guy here that stands out is Rondale Moore, who was fine last year, but wildly inconsistent. He'll need to get more involved in this offense if they are going to be successful. And then, of course, they've got A.J. Green, which many people thought he was a wash, but he performed really, really well last year. It's just a matter of can you survive six games and still put up decent enough numbers with these guys? I think the answer is barely. I think they could run into some problems after game three or four, but I think they can get halfway there before they get DeAndre Hopkins back mid-season. Yeah, I think it it definitely hurts them. Um, they, I, I like Marquise Brown. I like that addition. Um, there's just a lot more questions on the roster where I'm like, that cap could have gone, or that, you know, that effort could have gone elsewhere and I think paid off a little bit better. But you're also trying to make Kyler Murray happy right now. Um, so that makes that makes it make sense. Um, I think the starters on this team are are pretty good. They're definitely up there. The, this this part of the Cardinals is not suffering in, in relation to the rest of the uh, NFC West. I think that, I mean, really, the Seahawks, I think, could use a third guy. But all four teams have pretty decent starting receivers, if not, you know, upper echelon. Obviously, the Rams, you got Cooper Cup. Uh, the Niners might have Debo Samuel. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, so I think it's up there. I think that they're in the conversation for sure. I, I think that more has to go right for them. Um, and obviously, like you said, you have to survive, uh, not having Deandre Hopkins, but I, I think they're up there for sure. They, they definitely get an honorable mention. They're not, they're not hurting the, at wide receiver and tight end. I like Zacherts. I think he's still got something to tank. Yep. Uh, I would agree with that as well uh briefly offensive line don't know much about offensive line never have claimed that i do rams lose uh andrew whitworth but they've been really good at coaching guys up in in those positions and they i trust their draft strategy as well so i like the rams to me they're the the team i take is the best offensive line but right behind them's probably the niners they've got trent williams and that's always going to be a big thing. So unless you have anything else to add on offensive line, we can move on here, Zach. Uh, yeah, I, I make it a little more equal between the Rams and the Niners because I really like Joe uh, no boom at left tackle. That's all I'll say. Uh, but uh, yeah, we all know the Niners have some pretty really good talent, but they've also lost a lot of guys in the mill. Um, there's uh, Alex Mack retired. That's a big loss. Um, and so it's really just figuring out the world without Alex Mack as your center. Um, but yeah, you still got Trent Williams on the left and you got uh, Mike McGlinchey on the right. I, I like that. I'll roll with that. That's really good. That's a really good offensive line. But um, I think that the Rams, you they, they get coached up a lot too. So yeah, I would take either. All right. Defensive line, pretty simple here. Aaron Donald exists. He is on the Rams. Therefore, this goes to the Rams. Uh, the Niners surprisingly have gotten thinner here. Um where that used to be a strength where they ran like seven deep. I'm not sure it's that way anymore. Um, 
Would you agree with that assessment? Oh, yeah. And it it brings up an interesting thing because I, I kind of saw the same thing with Kyle Shanahan's tenure with Atlanta, um, where the offense was like fine. And there were enough guys that, you know, they, they made their way. They had a really productive offense for seasons, but the defense just got progressively thinner. And I noticed that. And I, I see that happening again here where, yeah, when Kyle Shanahan got here, this defense looked entirely different. D Ford, who is their starting uh, defensive edge, um, couldn't crack the lineup. He was like a third string guy um, when he was first acquired. I remember that. And uh, it's just kind of progressively gotten thinner. And I mean, that makes some sense because a lot of the Niners money was on the defense when he first got there because there was nobody on offense that was worth keeping. Um, but and and so I think that in an effort to kind of stabilize the roster that they have taken away from the defense so they can add to the offense. But that being said, I think that the line is great for San Francisco. I really, I mean, you have, you have to have a great season uh, from Javon Kinlaw. If you want to make that pick look good. Um, he's still kind of like not really clicked yet. I think he had a very average season last year, um, just kind of learning his position. Uh, so you, I think that, if you want that pick to work out, you need a big year uh, in 2022. And then, I mean, Drake, another year uh, we're getting into the, the secondaries, but um, in terms of just the line, I really like the right end. Obviously you have Nick Bosa and Eric Armstead. Um, the left end is a little bit more to, to figure out, but um, I, I don't know. It's tough because Aaron Donald is so good. It's, it's, it's really close, I think, but in terms of like an overall grade, I, I like the Niners defense I line, I think just like a little more, but Aaron Donald is a, is an X factor all on it, all on his own. So it's, it's a tough call, I think. Yeah. I'll give a little bit of a shout out here to the Cardinals who look okay up front uh, with JJ Watt and Zach Allen kind of anchoring things. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. And if JJ Watt looks the same after injury, he's always come back really strong after he suffers these devastating injuries, but it's just a matter of how long he can stay on the field. So it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. Edge, I have something interesting here. I think it's the Seahawks, to be honest with you. I, I like Uchenna Mwosu. He's he's very good. Yeah, Shelby Harris, he's going to play at the edge as well. Um, is it the best? No, but no, outside of maybe like Joey Bosa, there are no like star, pardon me, Nick Bosa. There are no star edge rushers in this division. At least that's what I see. Yeah. Um, well, Aaron Donald is listed as an edge. I don't know. If he, he plays oh, is wherever. he listed as an edge now? He's, he's listed, he was... yeah, but, you know, they, they move him around. I classify um, him as a defensive tackle. But that's yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, Nick Bosa is, is yeah, I, I would say that too. I admittedly, I haven't seen much of uh, – Uchenna Nwosu, so I I don't know. I can't really make a call on that, but um, I think it's good. I, I think that building from the line out is is kind of a dying art, and I really like that, you know, teams are still adding pieces and, you know, you're still valuing these guys on the line. But um, 
Edge, I don't know. I, I need to see what what D Ford still has to contribute. You know, I think that he's he's just kind of been around for a while. Um, he's a 2014 uh, draft pick, so he's 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 getting up there. He's 31 years old this year, um, and so you, you got to see what you have with him. And I know that he's had injury trouble when he first got to the 49ers. He he was injured. He didn't play for a while, um, and he's even listed as questionable right now. Um, I really, uh, not to go, not to keep talking about the 49ers. I really like, uh, Samson Ebukam. Uh, I, I think that he had flashes last year. He's listed third on the depth chart right now. I think he's going to hop up and, and get meaningful snaps for sure. I think he, he had a great season last year, very productive. Um, and then it's really just making it work outside of that. But, uh, in terms of edge, I, I still, I still would take Nick Bosa. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know that, I mean, okay, if Aaron Donald is listed as an edge and we have to treat it like that, then of course. But uh, I think I think Nick Bosa is, is great and I love him. So he's my pick. Yeah, you, you've honestly convinced me. I've, I, I, I've sort of, I wanted to go more like depth, like who's got the best two, but, you know, Nick Bosa is the best in the, you know, He's the best in the division, so he, he's got to, you know, I've got to give the edge to the Niners. Plus, they always figure out how to make it work. Linebacker, very simple. I have the Niners, Fred Warner's there. He's one of the best linebackers in the game. Uh, I will take the Niners there. And I don't really feel confident in any other linebacking core in the division, even though the Rams added Bobby Wagner. Yeah, I agree. I think that if um, the Cardinals draft picks worked out a little better than than they have, I think they'd be in the conversation more. But uh, yeah, Fred Warner has exploded. I mean, he he's got his contract. He's a he's a bona fide star. And Drake Greenlaw is still on the team and is also very good and is not talked about nearly as much because he's playing with Fred Warner. Um, I think that he deserves a lot of respect, too. Um, yeah, a one two punch. I, yeah, I don't think that any any of these other teams compare. All right, hot seat here. Let's let's. Oh, secondary. This one's pretty simple to me, and I, I really won't hear arguments otherwise. It's easily the Rams. Yeah. Um, I my my question for the Niners, since you got to answer it, but my question for the Niners is, is this really what we're doing at cornerback again, Emmanuel Mosley, for like the eighth straight year? Like, I've been I've been yelling it. Like into existence like, like for years this, that you need to replace him. I don't know why he's not, why he's still here. I don't like, get is it. this really what you're doing? Niners is you're just like, yeah, we're going to be mid. So we're just going to have a mid cornerback room and, yeah. and just rely on Jaquiski tart. Like, <laughs> like, no, he's gone. They actually got rid of him. Oh, wow. Uh, we know we See, have classic Mosley who I would argue is the worst of those two. I, yeah, I. It's tough. It's tough. Here we go. Ambry Thomas. Who who is Ambry Thomas? I don't even know. I've never heard that name. I have never life. heard that name <laughs> in my entire life. See, where I'm kind of you know. Oh, is he, he got hit? He, is he, he's a rookie? He got drafted. Oh, gotcha. Uh, or last year was his rookie year. So, I'm a pretty big NFL fan, but if I don't know your name, that's that's a problem. That's a problem, and it probably means you're kind of mid. So I, I just like and, and I, I, I just don't. I don't know. But what what are the Niners even doing? Where have they been so 
And it's always a weakness. It's literally always a weakness, and they spend no money on it ever. It's weird. I don't. I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe it's like because when when you know when we talked about this, when their line was great, when the Niners were you know three deep at every position on the defensive line, it didn't matter. You could have me in the secondary, and it wouldn't matter because it doesn't. It, it the that line would get to the quarterback before that stuff would even come into play nearly every time and so you really when you know at first you could just kind of work through it and get over that or you know succeed without having to put in resources to your secondary but that that's that's gone now the time is gone we are in the most pass happy you know uh offensive era of football we've ever seen and i think it'll only get worse i think or worse it'll only um become more exaggerated uh, as the years go. And so the fact that the Niners aren't really putting anything into the secondary, but also making NFC championships is a wild paradox there, but it'll bite them at some point. And it does regularly throughout the season. A lot of these losses that the Niners have a lot of these weird, like underdog or uh, uh, favorite losses come because teams can take advantage of how just poor they are in the secondary. Um, we saw that there was one, the one game that comes to mind is um, when they played, when the Niners played Tennessee uh, on Thursday night in the rain and AJ Brown just, I mean, and he's AJ Brown, he's going to do it anyway, but AJ Brown just torched the 49ers and it, and it honestly kind of, it, it threw a wrench in the season. It was an ugly, ugly loss. It was not, it was not fun. And so I don't know, I don't know where the, these resources are going to, but yeah, you, you need a couple more guys in the secondary for sure. Indeed. All right. Very quickly here. Hot seats for coaches, executives in this division. I think there are two. I think it's Kyle Shanahan. I think it's Cliff Kingsbury. Cliff Kingsbury more so just because he has very unproven coaching experience. Um, But man, Kyle Shanahan, I get that maybe he didn't want to draft train Lance and that's okay if that's if that's really what it was maybe John Lynch gets moved but I really do think that what has it been now since he's been hired like six seven years and they've been to the Super Bowl once and then they've lost in the divisional round a lot of other times and some years they've just been downright terrible and missed the playoffs even if it was because of it injuries will Kyle Shanahan immediately get another job yes of course he's a great NFL head coach but I do think there's a chance that Niners ownership could get impatient if there's not a run to the Super Bowl this year with Trey Lance as your quarterback and especially if Trey Lance doesn't look good throughout the regular season and you end up missing the playoffs or getting bounced in the wild card you know, I think changes are coming for San Francisco. This is a critical year for Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's tough. It's tough because the seasons that it's it's been inconsistent. You have a point. I mean, um, Kyle Shanahan got to the Niners in 2017, so five seasons now. Um they they finished six and ten, four and twelve, and then six and ten, 
but that's sandwiched between a run to the Super Bowl and running into Patrick Mahomes and uh, whatever happened in the in the NFC Championship this year. I don't know. It hasn't been long enough to for me to process that game, but um, it, yeah, the consistency is a real issue, and it's not really for lack of talent i mean this is a this has quickly become one of the most talent rich teams i think in the league and so the re- the fact that they can go from almost you know one drive away from winning a super bowl to 6 and 10 out of the playoffs jumping back to going to the conference championship um i think it can be really inconsistent and on a fan base it can wear i think i think that that the, the novelty of having Kyle Shanahan has absolutely worn off in San Francisco and, and people aren't talking about him um, the same way that they were when he first got here. Uh, it's very skeptical now and it's not really, you know, it's time, to, it's time to, to produce. And, you know, I, it's tough to peg like where in the playoffs the Niners need to reach for, you know, the fan base to be happy, but I would say at least the conference championship. Um, you know, if they, if they, like you said, if they bow out in the wild card or they lose in the divisional, I think it, that that's a tough pill to swallow because right now, I mean, they're, it's just, it, it, this, the expectation is too high, I think. And then, uh, so if they, if they don't hit that expectation, you could see change for the sake of change. Now, I don't think they're going to get rid of him. I think he's, I think last year saved his job this year, um, but uh, yeah, the, the Trey Lance stuff could, could look very poorly, but we've seen GMs get out of, you know, mishandling a pick or two before. And that's a big pick. I'm not saying that that's not significant, but we've seen it before. And I think that their track record is, is more or less there that the, the consensus is they know what they're doing. I don't think that that's the issue. Um, the issue is that the results aren't there. And so, um, that's an, it's just, yeah. Do, do you make that change or do you trust it? It's, it's a tough call for sure. But, um, going back, I do agree. I think that Cliff Kingsbury is definitely on the hot seat. Um, something about me feels weird about Pete Carroll. I don't know, like they're like, if they go like two and 15 or something, I could see him retiring before he gets fired. Uh, I don't think there's I don't any know. chance he gets fired. I think that Loki, he's the most powerful coach in the NFL right really? now. I subscribe to be around the NFL theory that ownership is just pretty much non-existent there, and they're okay with a rebuild, and they're okay with Pete Carroll leading that rebuild. So I, I, I think Pete Carroll is very, very safe. That's just the way I see it. And especially now with Jody Allen saying she's earlier today that she has no interest in selling the team. As long as she's there, I think Pete Carroll is safe. So even, even though it. he maybe shouldn't be. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, yeah, he's, he's a, he's an incredibly powerful coach, I think. Uh, but yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be, if they're like one in nine, you know, in week 10 or something, I think that'll, that'll be a conversation to revisit. I think for sure. For sure. All right. Just some predictions here on how we see the division uh, playing out. I have actual records. If you don't, that's fine. I have the Rams winning the division at 11 and six. I think they're going to be very good again this year. Uh, do I see them 
as Super Bowl contenders, yes, I think the NFC is weak enough, but against a team like the Bucs, I sort of worry. I think the Bucs have a better roster than the Rams do. The Cardinals, I have at eight and nine. The Niners also at eight and nine, and the Seahawks at five and twelve. Overall, I know we've given this division a lot of love as saying it's the best division in football for a long time, but this offseason that really changed with the Russell Wilson trade and and all the shifting that went on. I do not think it's a great division. I do not think that the Cardinals are a great team, and I do not trust Trey Lance will be a difference-making quarterback. So that's why I have the Niners at 8-9. If Trey Lance is better, the if Trey Lance is good, the sky's the limit for the 49ers. But until we see it, I'm just going to assume he's okay and middling and can get to 8-9. But the good news is the NFC is really bad. The bottom of the NFC that's going to be fighting for that seven seed is really, really bad. So I think an eight and nine team could make it to the playoffs. So one of those two teams, I believe, will make it to the playoffs. Just not sure who yet. Yeah, I, I that's how the 40, I mean, they the, the Niners kind of snuck in last year too. Um, with a 10 and seven record, they still snuck in. Uh, you're right. It's tough. And yeah, the NFC West is not, I think, the conference it used to be as early as five, four or five years ago. Um, I think that, yeah, the rosters have been picked apart and a lot of guys are on other teams now. Uh, with that being said, I, I I mean, okay, so so my, my standings are, I think the Rams win it. I don't have records, but I could see 11 to 12 wins. Um, I, I would feel pretty good about putting the Niners at second. I think that their roster is great. And I mean, I don't, that's a very soft schedule. Uh, there's a couple bangers. Obviously you have to play the Rams twice. You play Kansas city. Um, you play Las Vegas late in the year. They could be fun. Uh, you have the chargers, but like you also have Chicago on there. You have Seattle twice. You have Atlanta and Carolina, um, you have whatever new Orleans is going to be, uh, and you have Arizona twice. And, and we both have mentioned that we think that, you know, th- that's a shaky roster. Um, I think that I would agree with an eight, nine record, but I think that their, their schedule is a little more, uh, uh forgiving than that. So I, I think that, I think they get, they take second um 10 or 11 wins i would i'd i'd feel okay with that i i I would i'd bet on that for sure um arizona i think comes in third i don't know what their record is nine and eight eight nine probably one of those uh and then seattle five wins i would say all righty it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out zach thank you very much for joining me this has been a fun time. I think we kept this under an hour, hopefully. Uh, we will see you all later this week. Thank you very much for listening. And next week, plan on having an episode with Josh Newman, beat reporter for the Salt Lake Tribune uh, for the Utes. We'll do some Jets talk in our annual Josh Newman extravaganza. And then... We will head and do an AFC East division preview with a new guest coming next week. So, Zach, thank you very much for joining us once again, and I will see you later, my friend. See you later. Thanks for having me.
All right. Maybe one more episode this week, but this definitely Wednesday. Share it. And YouTube clips of the show probably put out the question segment from this one. That will be out on Friday. Thank you very much for listening. Follow us on Twitter at EndZonePod. Follow me on Twitter at Eric Jensen Sport and at Eric18Utah. And we will see you all later. Peace out.